Welcome to the Kinda Okay Podcast, where we talk about things that aren't okay in hopes of making them feel more okay. I'm Sarah Crossley, creator of It's Kinda Okay Comics and The Growing Pain Zine, an independent publication made by women and non-binary creatives who create rad content. We're still taking submissions for issue number seven of The Growing Pain Zine. Uh, the end of the call for submissions is April 15th, so if you make art, take photos, write articles, poetry, whatever it is that you create, the theme is getting intimate, and you can find out more information about submitting your content at patreon.com forward slash kinda okay. We're talking about contraception and the conversation is a little bit awkward, a little bit weird, um, and some of the language barriers that have come up um, have been a little bit of a challenge for both me and the people that I've been speaking with. So that means we've had a lot of slip-ups in um, describing people with periods or people who would need to use contraception in order to not get pregnant, and their partners who may or may not have an active role in the contraception process, if that makes any sense. Anyway, so I just want to apologize forthright um, because we've had some mistakes, we've had some mix-ups, and some of the language isn't all there, but know that we're trying and we're learning and we're reanalyzing these conversations after they happen. Okay, here we go. So I think maybe one of the most awkward things about this conversation is um, not everybody's had good experiences. And I don't want to ever guide the interviews in any sort of direction. So I try really hard not to do that. Because the most important thing with being on the podcast is just being honest and being open and having a little bit of that vulnerability with things that we're not okay with. And it gets a little bit tricky in asking questions about topics that I also find a little awkward still to talk about, because there are things that have happened to me or have happened in my life that I don't want to influence the conversation, but I feel like me oversharing a little bit encourages other people to overshare. So I'm going to overshare a little bit with you guys today. I've been a pretty irresponsible human when it comes to contraception, um, especially somebody who tends to have heteronormative um, relationships. <laughs> like, I was terrible at taking the birth control pill. I forgot all the time, and um, that did wonders for my body and for my emotional stability as a teenager, of course. Kidding. Um, but I've also used condoms, I've not used condoms, um, you know, and it's been a little bit of a bumpy road in that regards. I've also used the Plan B pill, which is not ideal and would not recommend, although if you have to, then you have to, and, you know, there's no shame in that. That's just, like, part of, unfortunately, like being this type of a human that has the potential to get pregnant. 
So in <laughs> advocacy of avoiding unwanted pregnancies, <laughs> there's some Canadian geese flying overhead as I record this outside. Um, anyways, a person who's actively trying not to get pregnant, I'm also like really bad at reinforcing with my partners that like I don't want to take anything um, that's got extra hormones in my body because that didn't go well for me before. But also sometimes I have a hard time speaking up and like being like, no, I'm not comfortable in, you know, having any sort of sexual relations unless we're protected and unless my brain has the safety of knowing that it's probably not going to get pregnant. Unfortunately, what this means in my previously being too awkward to bring things like contraception and my, you know, inner concerns and inner feelings to light in past relationships meant that I was always struggling with the idea that, shit, maybe this is the month I get pregnant or like, oh, I feel kind of nauseous. Does that mean I'm pregnant? Oh, like I'm slightly bloated from eating too much bread. Does that mean I'm pregnant? And just waiting for my period to come to give me a little bit of mental and emotional relief to know that I don't have to prepare for either an abortion or to have a kid that I wasn't ready for. So, um, so I've gotten a lot better over time at having that conversation and talking these things through and bringing my anxieties to light when I start to feel them as well. And so that's created a pretty cool, open, communicative relationship with me and my now husband, um, my partner. <laughs> and, you know, I'm just, I guess, part of the point in this podcast and this contraception series with the friends of females is to just open up the conversation and if it's something that you and your partner don't talk about like maybe you should and if it's something that you know you haven't really considered all of your options then maybe this will shed a little bit of light on things that went right or things that went wrong in other people's experiences with contraception methods. Now you guys are going to hear a little bit of my conversation with Vicky, all about contraception, a little bit awkward, a little bit stumbly, um, but here we go. Um, so I'm Vicky, I'm, I'm from Yorkshire in England, um, just a little sort of country village. Um, I've been a midwife since 2015 um, and I'm also, I also do a bit of illustration on the side um, but yeah that's where my experience with contraception is through my midwifery really um, and also from personal experience as well. And I've used sort of like loads of different kinds as well, I've probably tried out most different types to be honest. Well, um, so I started off with the the injection, the depo injection, um, when I was like seventeen, I want to say, um, and then I moved to the pill. I was on the pill for quite a long time, and then recent, 
recently, well, say recently, the past couple of years, um, I went to, I tried the implant for a year and a bit, um, and that didn't really work out for me. So I tried the uh, Mirena coil as well. Um, and then at the minute, I'm just on nothing really. So. it was it worked okay and everything but I think the thing of having to go back to the clinic every three months to have somebody inject me um, was kind of a bit off-putting and like trying to fit it in as well um, and it just it kind of messed up my periods as well which isn't ideal um, so yeah I kind of switched onto the pill from that um, the pill actually worked really well the only thing was that in the end I was like just thinking I could do like a longer term, you know, like a long acting one that I didn't have to think about. So it's kind of why I thought I'll go for the implant. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the thing with the implant and the coil was I found maybe, I'm not sure if it was the hormones or what, but it kind of, I feel like it affected my mental health. So from there, that's why I decided to get that removed and just stick with nothing for now, just to see. And to be, to be fair, I have been a lot better since I've had it removed, so. I asked Vicky if she found the conversation awkward either at work or with her partners. speaking to somebody about contraception who has literally just had a baby um because that's probably like the last thing on their mind um is like talking to them about contraception is yeah it's um but I think the more you talk about it and the more relaxed you are about it the easier it is to get people engaged in that conversation um and like we did sometimes well where I used to work um there was quite um, quite a lot of I'm trying to think of the word now. Um, I'd maybe say like deprived areas, okay. um, and in a lot of cases, we tried to get people sorted out with contraception before they left the hospital. So that was um, that was quite interesting, actually. And in that way as well, you kind of need to build up that. Um, like a trusting relationship almost to get to talk about those things with people because it's I guess it's quite personal really what I'm to me it's like everyday stuff but then to other people it's really personal and you know they might not feel comfortable talking about it like you say I think also like sometimes um how we've been brought up might affect it like I don't know if you've been brought up in a very like sex positive um, environment, you might feel really comfortable talking about everything like that and all about different contraceptions. You probably know a lot about it, whereas some people um, might not have been in such a positive environment and find out they end up having to find a lot of things out for themselves um, and maybe not really sure what the right choice is for them, really. One of the most interesting things about this topic of contraception is that most people had a very different sex education program. 
So one of my biggest questions is wondering if all of the questions that we had when we were younger were answered by the sex education that we had available. showed us how to put one on on like a plastic thing mm-hmm. um but that was it really they didn't really go through any other kind of options like i feel like maybe it wasn't like kind of like explained to me about different things and like the only way i found out about it really was when i was a bit older with um like different friends going on the pill and stuff and um from then i kind of found out about I don't know, maybe like the implant or the injection, but it was mainly in my my sort of knowledge when I was younger, it was kind of just like either the pill or condoms. So that was uh, that was it really. I guess when it comes to sex education, I get a little frustrated because it feels like from day one the pressure was put on the person who was you know, um, at risk of getting pregnant to take control of their own protectedness and their own safety. And like, this is how you put on a condom and the pill is 99.9% effective. So you should probably consider that. And it never seemed to be a worry for the person with the sperm. Um, And so it's really frustrating because it feels like this big mental burden was put on, you know, 14, 15 year old me. Um, And I think a lot of other people in the same position. And so it ended up being a really one-sided conversation. And it seemed like, yeah, the pill is the most effective. So that was the obvious choice. And I feel like we talked about the side effects of adding hormones to an already turmoil of emotional, you know, existence as a body. We, we didn't talk about the side effects at all. And so I didn't really know what to anticipate or how to analyze or how to recognize that the feelings that I was having, although, yeah, like teenager moodiness, but those additional... Um, feelings of depression and anxiety, I wasn't able to recognize those as something that could have been um, affected by the birth control pill. I think now in schools it is slightly better um, in that they might have a, a school nurse who do the sex education rather than just a teacher uh, well I say just a teacher you know what I mean um, one that's not specializing in contraception um, and I don't know like there are sexual health clinics um, where people can you can kind of go for drop-ins for STI checkups for contraception um, but I feel like they're not that easily accessible um, 
and especially for people that are underage like if you're under 16 um, you kind of have to sign a form to say you know that um, I don't know basically that you know you acknowledge that you're under the legal age of consent and what have you which I think I don't know if you were under 16 and you needed to go somewhere like that you kind of don't want to be having to fill out forms to say like you kind of feel like you're in trouble um which i don't think is a great thing um but yeah um aside from that uh yeah it, it's quite good but i think it the information is all there for you if you seek it out but i think we could be a lot better in actually presenting the information to people that might not be um aware that it's there i guess Another thing I'm really wondering is how much people are talking to their partners about this. If you're the one who is taking an oral contraception or having something put in your body, um, or if you're someone putting something on your body, um, how much of a conversation are you having and do you feel supported by your partner in the world of contraception? Um, I guess so. I feel like it it does kind of end up being down to you, especially when you're in a long-term relationship. Um, it kind of ends up being like the the female guess that's um having to either go on the pill or because I I guess guys don't really see condoms as like a long-term option. It's kind of like okay, we've been together for a while now, so you can just go in the pill or you can just do this that and the other so I kind of I I don't really feel like in maybe like more recent relationships I've been a bit more supported but previously it was kind of like I feel like I felt like they couldn't kind of relate to what I was going through like emotionally and stuff so I guess it was quite um yeah kind of quite challenging and I didn't really feel that supported by them but yeah, like I say, I think, or maybe I just pick better partners now, I don't know. Yeah, I definitely feel a lot more supported now. I'm going to interrupt the podcast just to let you guys know that over at patreon.com forward slash kinda okay, there are, well, I mean, there's tons of stuff, but there are some comics about this conversation about contraception and other conversations about contraception that might be a little delight for your eyeballs and your brain and your mental health. So you head on over patreon.com forward slash kinda okay you can also support the podcast support the zine and support the creation of more comics for a dollar a month like it's a really negligible amount of money but it makes a big difference to me and to the patreon community and to creators everywhere i guess but mostly me okay back to the podcast I didn't want to straight up ask Vicky how many people were coming in pregnant who were either misusing or not using contraception, but I did want to ask about how the midwife practice is tied to contraception and what that conversation looks like when she has people arrive. 
we do have to ask them if they were using any contraception at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so like one of the questions that we usually ask is like, is this a planned pregnancy? Um, mainly because if it wasn't, then we kind of know maybe we need to offer this person a bit more support. Maybe they're undecided about if they're going to keep the baby, um, things like that. But we, we often ask them if they were using any contraception and most of the time the answer is no. I mean, a lot of people that, that we see, I mean, obviously there are some people that weren't expecting it, um, but then you maybe ask them if they were using contraception and they say no, and you kind of think, well, maybe you you might have been expecting to have a baby if you weren't using anything at all, but I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, a lot the majority of people, I guess, are, are trying, so they wouldn't generally use anything. So the one unifying factor about contraception that I think we can all decide on is that no one thing works for everyone, unfortunately. We've all got different hormone levels, different cycles, and different needs, so there just isn't one type of contraception that works for every single person. So one of my questions for Vicky was how changing different types of contraception maybe affected her cycles or her relationship with her period. That's one thing I found um, like with the coil as well is that I just literally never had a period so I kind of felt that in a way was like I was like yeah but how do I know that I'm not like I, f I feel like that's the one thing that kind of tells you that you're you're all good or like that's what your brain is telling you that you know this has happened so I'm all good or you know whereas it when you don't get your period at all it's a bit like um <laughs> when I first started having periods I was very like because I started them quite young and I was a bit like freaked out by all and really hated it really which I mean as I've gotten older Obviously, I know it's a normal thing and everything, but as I've gotten older, I've kind of more come to accept it and, like, see it as a way my body has shown me how amazing it is. Is that a really cheesy thing to say? Um, like, I think from being a midwife as well, that kind of, you know, you see what people's bodies are capable of, um, and then like of producing a baby and that having periods and obviously contraception and things like that it's all part of the the same kind of um process or like sphere of um experience i guess so yeah what was i saying <laughs> so yeah so now I, I i think it's great um i kind of kind of found it like empowering that um my body is capable of that so yeah I guess if there's anyone else that's feeling crappy about it and hates it and stuff um yeah you'll probably come to embrace it at some point there's a whole kind of mental load that goes with taking some form of contraception especially if it's a hormonal type or if you have to make appointments to go back to the doctor, or if you have to get something actually inserted inside your body. So unfortunately, that means a lot of people are choosing just 
to go without. Um, I know that I was on the pill for at least seven years, I think, and by the end of it, I was just so frustrated with my cycles and my mood swings and my depression and all of these things that built up that I just went off it, cold turkey, and just went back to using condoms, because even if they have a less effective, I guess, unsuccess, success rate, um, (laughs) then at least the mental burden isn't as much mine as it is my partner's. Yeah, making it more socially acceptable, I guess, to talk about it is another thing that we could do, really. Yeah, just like normal conversations like this, where like we've both had different experiences in how we were educated and, you know, like the different things that we've tried and stuff. And I think that the more that we have those conversations, the easier it becomes to access that kind of information in a not threatening way because it yeah, can feel exactly. a little yeah. overwhelming. It's intimidating, I guess. And I've, I've started using like um, an app on my phone as well. So obviously since I've come off contraception, everything's all over the place. But it's quite cool because now I can see like, oh, maybe on this day I'll get my period. And then I do. And I'm like, oh, this is quite cool, like knowing what my cycle's doing. Well, the app that I'm using, um, it actually sort of predicts, well, once you've used it for long enough, it can predict the days that you're less fertile and more fertile. So you can actually use this app as like a form of contraception, but obviously it's not 100% accurate. but it involves taking your temperature every morning as well. So when you first wake up, like before you even look at the clock, you have to take your temperature. Um, and that helps it to sort of calculate uh, when the days you're fertile and when you're not fertile. But um, in that respect, I don't really use that as a contraception. I more would just use condoms, to be honest with you, um, if I was to use, you know, if I needed to use something, it would be that. Vicky if there's any advice that she might have for somebody who's still learning their body, still learning their cycles, and still trying to figure out what variety of contraception works best for them and in their life. Yeah, I would probably say just be open to trying all um, loads of different things. It's sort of, you know, over time you'll probably find that maybe like a couple of things might work better for you than others um you just kind of have to give your body a chance to adjust to these things and see what works best for you like it might not be the same as your friends and things like that but that's not a bad thing um because they're not the same as you so yeah because I think it's easy to like compare yourself to I mean like with anything in life you you can compare yourself to other people and um kind of think oh well why doesn't that work for me but it's it is literally everyone's different and what works for someone else might not work for you and what works for you might not work for them so yeah just give whatever you like a go and um but don't put too much pressure on yourself 
A big thank you to Vicky for joining me on this episode of the podcast. You can go and find Vicky's illustration work at Vicky's Wonders on Instagram. V-I-K-I-S Wonders on Instagram. Go and give her a look. I just want to make it really clear at the end of this episode and the end of this conversation that in no way am I ever recommending that people just not use contraception. There's been a lot of issues that people have had with different forms of contraception, but it's all in finding what works good for you. Some people have the IUD and absolutely love it. Some people have never had an issue taking the birth control pill or they've had tons of issues and finally found one that works really well for them. Some people have had their tubes tied, some people, you know, everybody is so vastly different that there's no one thing that works for everyone. So this is just to give you a little bit of feeling of camaraderie and other people are not okay too, so you're still okay, um, even if you're still figuring out what works for you. This has been a Friends and Femans episode of the Kinda Okay podcast, all about contraception. Um, (laughs) If you're interested in being part of the next Friends and Femans session, that conversation is going to be all about menstrual products, so um, I'll probably come up with a little bit nicer name for that. But if you feel really strongly about what you use or what you've learned or what you've discovered, then come and be part of the conversation message me at it's kind of okay on instagram and we can chat about it okay stay weird and wonderful until next time